The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Powered by Protus Global. Hello, all. Thank you for joining us here on Plant Profits. I am your host, Vern Davis. My guest today, and I'm really excited about spending time with my guest today because she absolutely created something that's that I believe is going to catch on like wildfire. But it's um, uh, it's going to be for the discerning consumer. And uh, I really, I'm really excited about it. My next guest, she spent over a decade in interior designer as an interior designer before turning her talents to develop furniture for one of the preeminent department stores in the country, Kohl's. So she worked for a big operation. And today she has founded a company. She is now an entrepreneur. Uh, the first furniture company with lockable drawers to safely and securely store cannabis products. My guest today is the CEO and founder of Forty Goods, and her name is Sharon Kevill. Sharon, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we were excited that you said yes, and uh, thank you for being here. Wonderful. Yeah, it's. I can't wait to get started. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I'm not going to keep you waiting. Um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, so, uh, Wisconsin. Yes, Wisconsin. So give, give me a sense of what the weather's like right there right now. Well, I'm looking out my window right now, and there's not a lot of snow, but there is snow, and it is very cold. Always. Always. Uh, always in the wintertime, right? Yes. Now, summers you, are beautiful. Summers are beautiful. They, they, they are. It's a, a, a very much a difference. Mm -hmm. Now, did you grow up in Wisconsin? I did. I grew up between Milwaukee and Madison. Yeah. And um, I went to high school out there and then, um, you know, started college here and then moved away for a couple of years, decided I wasn't ready for college, moved away for a couple of years, lived in California. Yeah. Came back, came back to the area. The, yeah. And you went to California. Did California run you away? <laughs> uh, did you were you were you afraid of that life or was it strange or no, what did you no. think about that? I loved it. Um, yeah. If I could have stayed, I probably would have, but um, I knew I needed to kind of buckle down and go to school. And um, yeah. yeah, I decided to go back to the Midwest for that. You came back to the Midwest to go to school, but mm -hmm. you know what was, what's crazy. You, you, you grew up near Madison and you did your parents not. Now I heard in Wisconsin parents sometimes does not let their kids go to Madison to um, school. Yeah, you know, it's it's got this reputation, right? Yeah, it's definitely got a reputation for a party school, but yeah. it is a really great school. No, it um, is. My yeah. sister-in-law graduated from uh, Madison and um, it's a great school. And they're, you know, I, I kind of wish that I had gone there because they're alumni. They're so tight knit. <laughs> it's like a little club for life. You, you think about those things when you go in business for yourself, don't exactly, you? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think of, you think about all of those things. Where are those connections I need so dearly right now? For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Now, now, did did your family um, uh, did your family have their own business or? Uh, 
know. You know, I had kind of the two opposite worlds. My mother was, you know, super creative. She made a lot of our clothes when we were little. She oh, was that's a filter. Awesome. You know, I yeah. grew up in the 80s, the early 80s. So um, it was uh, a lot of crafty stuff. And then my dad was an engineer. He worked for GE. Okay. And, um, you know, he kind of saw the world through that company, you know, traveling all over the place, working on projects. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, I kind of got the, the super creative and the super science from each of my parents. <laughs> that, that is, that's very cool. That's very yeah. cool. Now did, did, um, uh, did you grow up a Packer fan? You know, I, I mean, of course you watch the Packers because, you know, <laughs> that's all they it let just, you watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's it. But, um, you know, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more interested in football due to some, you know, some family connections, but, yeah. um, yeah, no, it's, I, I can't say that I sit down and watch all the Packer games, but I definitely right. know when they're on. <laughs> oh, I imagine. I, I, I can only imagine that you, uh, that you do now reflecting reflecting back you say you got the creative and the scientific side from your parents right yeah. um when did when did you know when did you realize that um you, you were going to have the streak of independence because uh, you, you this is not the first time you were an entrepreneur right no. you right you've yeah. you've done this you've been in and out of this yeah. this game and, uh, but when did you know you were going to be in design? When did you really believe you had a talent for that and you wanted to actually study it and and make something of it? <laughs> yeah. It's funny yeah. you should ask that because yeah. I never, I didn't, um, yeah. I didn't know that, you know, I, when I was in California, I, you know, decided it was time to come home. Yeah. I came back and I was scared because I had started college at a state school and um, yeah. dropped out because it just wasn't ready. And I, you know, forfeited a lot of money. It's college expensive. And yes. I was really scared to kind of burn through a bunch more money, not knowing what I wanted to do. So I decided yeah. I would start at a tech school first and kind of dip a toe in. And, um, you know, I did all this research and I was like, you know, I can live, I wanted a, a job that I could do anywhere in the world. Okay. And I was like, people are always going to need to have clean teeth. So I'm going to be a dental assistant. Okay. okay. And I went to school right. on registration day to register and they were like, oh, it's great that you want to do this. It's a two-year waiting list. And I was like, to clean people's teeth? No. So uh, I went back home and I had put all of my brain power into that one decision, like weeks of time. Wow. I was like, this is what I'm doing. You know, dream big, dream big, Sharon. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of sat down next to my sister and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And she was mm. like, give me the book. And she paged through the book and, you know, she tossed it back to me and she was like, you're going to be an interior designer. Go sign up for that. And I was like, really? Wait, 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 how did she come up with that? I mean, <laughs> she, what gave you, her the, the hint to do that? <laughs> my parents love to tell this story. Dad especially loves okay. to tell this story about how when I was five, my mom tasked him with taking me to the paint store to pick out a paint color for my room to repaint okay. my room. And he decided, you know, to take that literally and let me pick out any color I wanted from the paint wall at the hardware store. So I don't think that was what my mother had in mind. And I picked out <laughs> this bright shade of navel orange. You yeah. know, it was the early, you know, it was the early 80s. So, um, 
you know, not a real popular color. And, you know, he was like, you sure this is the one you want? And I was like, yes. And they brought it home. They mm-hmm. painted the walls. And my parents love to tell people that like when, when they would bring people over, my room was the last bedroom, you know, in, <laughs> down the hallway, and they would leave the door closed and they would open it up and it would literally take people's breath away. They'd be like, oh, <laughs> and, uh, Eventually, I guess there was my mom, my mom tells me that there, there was something wrong with the paint and that it stunk. And so she repainted it pink and. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on. Did she consult you? No, she, she just painted she just it. Painted it pink. You know, I didn't realize this until I was like in my twenties, but yeah. Um, you know, I realized I never really liked pink. And I think that was the reason why for such a long time, I hated it was pink. forced upon you. It was forced upon me and I was not having it. <laughs> So you always like bright colors? Um, you know, it's so funny because now yeah. my house is all, um, you know, basically <clears throat> creams and grays. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's kind of more of a, um, a neutral palette, but I do, I love, I love all color. Yeah. No, bright that's color. Great. Yeah. That's great. Now, how close is your sister to you? And uh, are you the older or she's younger? Or I'm older. When? You're the oldest sister? Yeah. Okay. Um, and um are you guys very different i would say that we were different but alike enough to fight throughout you know throughout growing up but we've become you know better friends um Uh as we're older and um you know proximity wise she's not close she lives in shanghai she's lived overseas for most of her adult life oh Um, my goodness she's currently in in shanghai and okay I think next year she's looking to make a move um, into Europe. So we'll see. We'll see. Huh. Where she goes. Have you had a chance to go see her? I, you know what? I've been to China a lot, but I okay. have not been there when she's been there. When I was going to China, she was living in Korea. So um, we were, <laughs> you were, we're missing. You're just missing each other. But we do. We FaceTime now. So that's great. Nice to be. No, able to that's nice. Touch. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So you got rid of that orange room. Got you a yes. pink room. Yes. Right? <laughs> Grew- <laughs> Much to my dismay. <laughs> you grew up. So you went to design school. Well, the, is it called design school? The tech yeah, school? I mean, yeah, the tech- well, is that the courses to- you focused on? Yeah. Was design? Yeah. yeah, I got an associate's degree in interior design. And okay. then, you know, I loved it. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So, so you really fell in love with it. You, I did. You, yeah, I that's did. good. So, that's, that's always good to love what you do. Yeah. And, you know, throughout my life, you mm-hmm. know, every house that I've ever lived in has been has been, you know, remodeled or torn to the foundation, you know, so it's, I've been living in construction dust my entire life. So I'm very comfortable (laughs) with it. Um, And so, you know, being able to kind of do that on a daily basis was a lot of fun. No, that's, that's good. Yeah, that is, that is absolutely. Now, have you found that the, the, the trade school you went to initially to get your associate's degree, has it come in handy today? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing that I thought was really, I, I did go on for another two years and got my bachelor's degree right. a little over two years um, at a private women's college in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. um, Mount Mary University now mm-hmm. it was college when I was there. Um, but they, um, you know, a lot of the students when they just start out straight from, you know, straight from high school and they're starting in a four-year program, it's, you know, a lot of fine arts basis and I got a lot of the technical side. So a lot Mm -hmm. of drafting, a lot of, um, 
you know, math, um, just the more the technical part of it. That's great. That's really good that you you're able to pick that up in a formal way, because it's a great foundation for what you do. Yeah, I, I can great. I can only imagine as and also being a leader. We're here with Sharon Kevill. Uh, she's the founder and she is the CEO of Forty Goods. And we'll we'll pick this chat up that we're having uh, on the other side of the break. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, and I'm uh, spending time today with Sharon Kevill. She's from the CEO and the founder of Forte Goods, and um, Forte Goods uh, is a business that is really all about uh, furniture, lockable drawers, uh, safety, security to store cannabis uh, products. Uh, a very exciting business that that uh, Sharon has launched uh, here recently. And, and, and Sharon, why, why don't we talk about, before we get to 40, let's, let's talk a little bit about your, your, uh, your experiences that kind of got you here. After school, you went to work, right? Mm-hmm. You got to pay for that school. Exactly. <laughs> we got to pay for that school. So right. you, you, you went to work. What did you start out doing? Well, I worked through college. So okay. I worked for an architecture firm. Um, okay. I actually, oh, nice. I had a couple of internships of mm-hmm. things that I thought that I wanted to do. You know, when I started, I thought I wanted to be a residential designer and very quickly um, decided I wanted to be doing more commercial, you know, uh, spaces. So, um, you know, I did have some internships that, you know, had some of those experiences. And then I decided, you know, I, I want to work for an architecture firm. I want to be, you know, working with architects on, um, you know, having input on mm-hmm. both, you know, like the, the whole building. And so, um, you know, I did that for, I think I worked for them for about two and a half years, um, okay. you know, all while I was in school and then a little bit after graduation. And then um, I started my first business with a woman that I went to um, college with. And um, yeah, we had an interior design shop in in Milwaukee and we focused on interiors for, you know, local businesses, Um, you know, we did offices, retail spaces, um, nightclubs, restaurants. So just all, was it all local? I mean, did you, did, I'm trying to envision. We did some regional. We did some yeah. things in Chicago. Okay. In, you know, we did some work for um, some, you know, big corporate clients like Kimberly Clark. Okay, um, sure. We did some work in um, Ohio, a spa in Ohio. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of really fun things, but our, our specialty was really kind of bringing the, you know, branded interior to life for, you know, small to mid-sized businesses. No, that's, that's terrific. That's, that's great. So now I'm trying to envision, you know, did you have a, 
did you have a place on the street corner or uh yeah we and, had a, and a walk store. in people walk in and you have things they could look at and yeah, we didn't really, it wasn't so much mm -hmm. a showroom. I mean, we okay. had some office furniture that we were, you know, using as a showroom, but okay. for the most part, um, you know, we did some events there, um, okay. but for the most part, it was mainly just a storefront that we had, you know, our, it was mm -hmm. our office space. Got it. Got it. Got it. So you, you, you said you did a lot of commercial work. Yeah. What, what are the kinds, did you do the whole building or, or did you find yourself ending up getting put in a specialization box? Um, I wouldn't, I mean, yes and no, like okay. it was, you know, we did, if somebody came to us with an empty shell of a building, we would, you know, lay out the floor plan and things like that. But, you know, mm -hmm. by law for life safety things, um, you have to have an architect stamp, stamp those drawings. So, you okay. know, there were a couple of architects that we worked with, um, that we would use to do, you know, life safety reviews and things like that. But for okay. the most part, we would do anything as long as it wasn't structural, mm -hmm. um, you know, we would locate walls. We would, you know, it's not just pretty pink colors and furniture yeah. and, you know, that's what people think though. Like I mean, yeah, 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 that's what people think. And that is a subset of the business, but mm -hmm. that's, you know, we kind of did everything. No, that's, that's good. Now, from a business development perspective, how did you get your clients? It was a lot of word of mouth. Um, okay. But we also had, um, we would, every month we would send out a postcard. We had this, you know, local list of people. We would send out these postcards of, you know, whatever our latest finished product or project was. Mm -hmm. And um, we would send these out. And, you know, it was like, we would get, I think there were probably a lot of people where it just ended up straight in the trash, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, we'd have something clever written on the back. Um, and I think I have, I've kept them somewhere. Now I'm going to have to like go in the basement and get them out, <laughs> Check it and, out. and take yeah. a peek at them again. But it was a fun thing to do. Um, yeah. But it was now, a lot did of those architects that. probably helped you too, right? Did they bring business? Um, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of architects that were looking for, mm -hmm. you know, interiors. They were really only interested mm -hmm. in the exterior of the building and, you know, maybe had the floor plan laid out, but, you know, weren't really interested in anything beyond that. So there were definitely some architects that brought us in that way, but it was just a lot of networking and, you know, meeting people sure. and, um, you know, and talking with people who were thinking about starting businesses. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it was. So what, what did you think? What did you think? I mean, you came from working for someone and then you went into a partnership relationship and um, built your own business. What, what, what kind of feelings and experience did you get from that that made you want to do it again? Well, you know, it's funny that you should say that because after um, when I decided to, you know, after five years of running my business, I was yeah. like, you know, it's sort of, I'm in a, I feel like I'm in a, like a rinse and repeat sort of thing where it was like, you okay. know, find a new client, start yeah. a project, mm -hmm. you know, complete the project, celebrate the project, mm -hmm. find a new, you know, rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it got kind of where I felt like I wasn't really, you know, I was riding the bike. I wasn't really, you know, learning anything. I wasn't really. The scenery was the same. You're going down the same the street, same. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I need to do something mm -hmm. else. And at the same time, the economy was becoming less and less stable. Okay. So this was in, you know, 2007, 2008. Ooh. And so yeah. Yeah. I ended up reaching out to an architect that I had worked with, um, an architect and friend that I had worked with, you know, extensively over the years and, you know, said, you know, I think I'm looking for something else. And at the time he was working for Kohl's. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, 
you know, I, I got that job there. I ended up getting a job there and I was one of the last people hired before they went on a hiring freeze due to the economy. Really? Just yeah. got underneath the door. Underneath the door, like yeah. slid in, <laughs> slid in Indiana Jones style. Like, and then I was in and, um, you know, the magic of every two weeks, a paycheck yeah. being in your bank account and you not knowing like, how, you know, I didn't know how many shirts Kohl's had to sell in order for me to make that, you know, whereas yeah. when you're working for yourself, you yeah. know exactly where every, you know, nickel and dime comes from. Yeah. And so, um, for a long time, I was like, I will never own a business again. Never. And, oh, really? So you, yeah. you enjoyed the freedom of, of, uh, just, I mean, you were yeah. on cruise control. I mean, you yes. probably felt like this is, this is yeah. almost stealing, right? Yeah, and it, it, did. And it wasn't that I wasn't working hard. I mean, I was working crazy hours there. So yeah. they were still getting a good deal. But, mm -hmm. you know, I still was like every week, it's like magic that, you know, I'm getting paid. Where is this money coming from? Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, big successful was, operation. You, you, you knew it was going to keep coming. Yes. Yeah. And they had such great benefits. Right. And, you know, it's, you know, I learned a lot. Um, I learned a lot while I was there. I mean, Kohl's is kind of, that experience is definitely, you know, what you make of it. And I wanted to learn everything about retailing and as much as I could about, you know, how a product mm -hmm. goes from, you know, an idea in someone's head in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin to yeah. being on, you know, in the stores throughout the country in over, you know, in over a thousand stores. And so wow. while I started in the interior design department, I moved into, you know, interactions with people in product development. I had interactions with people in logistics and finance in mm -hmm. merchandising in mm -hmm. on the merchant team. You know, I really got to learn about retailing and bringing product to life. Which Did was, you do a lot of your travel through global sourcing? Yes. And no, and not through sourcing. It was through mm -hmm. product development. So product I was on development. The yeah. Team. Okay. And um, I was a designer for hard home goods. Okay. Um, so think, you know, mm -hmm. basically anything that's not soft. So um, right. I did decor, I did furniture, indoor and outdoor furniture, um, decor, candles, and um, seasonal decor for a while, which mm -hmm. I'm not somebody who decorates for the holidays. I mean, I do now because I have a six-year-old daughter, but yeah. I've never been somebody who decorates for the holidays. So for me, that, that part when I was working on those categories, that was a little tough. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> How long did you stay there at Kohl's? Uh, I was there in total for eight years, a little over eight that's years. A, that's a lot. I mean, that's yeah. a long time. Yeah. That's I mean, a... it was like two careers there. I started in, you know, in store, store design, store planning, okay. and then um, doing interior design. And then um, I moved into product design, which is basically like, you know, I had a career change and yeah. I didn't have to go to college. And I got paid for it. So for me, I mean, I will forever be grateful to Kohl's for that experience. I mean, they expanded my, it's, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now without that experience. No, I'm absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. And thank you for listening. Plant Profits is, is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. Today, my guest is Sharon Kevel. She's founder and CEO of Forty Goods. And we've just spent some really cool time talking about how she got to 40. And we're going to dive into 40 here right on the other side of this break. Thank you. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? 
Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. My guest today is Sharon Kevill from Forte Goods. And uh, Sharon has really done a terrific job of just uh, kind of giving us some experiences that have shaped her life. And I really appreciate that, Sharon. And now, so you spent eight years at, at Kohl's. Now you decide to, to go into business for yourself. But mm-hmm. the first question I, I, I got to know the answer to really is, uh, how did cannabis come into your environment? <laughs> well, that's kind of a loaded question. Um, okay, cannabis... that makes it good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of a loaded question because, you know, currently... I, um, you know, I, you know, I started consuming cannabis in the nineties when I was in high school, but I live in a state, Wisconsin, that doesn't have legal cannabis. So it's currently legal, legally accessible to me. You know, we have legal hemp and CBD with, you know, the less than, less than 0.3% THC. Um, but it's, you know, it's not currently, it's not currently legal here. Right. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to say that, you know, having a child uh-huh. makes for, you know, they get into everything and absolutely. Um, I have three, so, I had three of those. Children. <laughs> I have one yeah. and one is okay. plenty. <laughs> She's a handful. There's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> um, two is easier and three is worse. <laughs> <laughs> so two is the magic number. Got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, um, you know, kids get into everything and I remember seeing her one day, um, she loves candy and, um, she Mm -hmm. loves fruity candy. So my husband and her both have a Mike and Ike addiction and, um, you know, he had them hidden up on, you know, our coffee bar, like up in a cabinet and she was three, you know, I walked into the kitchen and she had pushed a bar stool up to the, to the coffee bar and was standing up on the counter inside of the cabinet and she was eating Mike and Ike's yeah. and I just had this sinking feeling like what if she you know what if she had climbed up on the counter and reached on top of the refrigerator for you know some CBD gummies right and um you know I was just like I can't I can't have, you know, this is, this would be terrifying if she got into anything and other parents, I've heard horror stories from other parents as well. And so, you know, I just wanted to make something that was, um, you know, safe to store. There's a lot of, you know, stash boxes and things out there that are really great for people who are just looking to secure something, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of other, we'll say accessories, Mm -hmm. bigger accessories, glassware, breakable things that come along Mm -hmm. with it that you can't put into those 
um, you know, small stash boxes and mm -hmm. that you, um, you know, and, and some of those things are maybe perhaps a little stinky. So you mm -hmm. might want to keep some smell out of your house for that. Right. And so just having something that was more of a, um, a total solution and that was permanent, you know, nobody's going to walk away with your coffee table, but somebody might walk away with your stash box. So, yeah, um, you know, when I was, when, I, I love the, 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 the products and the furniture you created, you know, I was looking through some of the, the things uh, that you created, you know, just simple things like a little jar, mm -hmm. you know, $8 to Geraldine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and Geraldine's like, yeah. you know, 4K yeah, a little yeah, more, yeah. right? Yes. So, it, it, I mean, you can find anything you want. And and what was really cool for me, because I'm, I'm a, I love cigars mm -hmm. and I have humidors. Yeah. So I get it, right? And yes. and humidors become closets. They become mm -hmm. cabinets. They become people do all kinds of things mm -hmm. to make them part of the environment versus put away somewhere. Yeah. And you know uh, what? You yeah. I think you, 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 you probably didn't even give it a second thought to put a humidor in your home. Not and, at all. And, and right. there are plenty of people across the country who have bars in their basements. Maybe that's just, sure. or, or bars in their backyards, Hopefully right. it's not just Wisconsin. Right. Um, <laughs> but you know, nobody thinks twice about that. But when we first opened our doors, there were a number of people who reached out to us on social media and they were like, why would you need a whole cabinet for cannabis? It's like, why do you need an alcohol bar? Why yeah. do you need a humidor? Like right. it's something that you enjoy in your life. Why not be able, you know, why not have a piece of furniture that's in there? It's part of the normalization process. Mm -hmm. Now does your furniture, and this was a question I had, the, the, I mean, your furniture is great. I mean, you can Thank walk you. in a house and not know it. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's all, are all the drawers lockable or is it just one? So we yeah. have at least one in every, you know, every piece comes with at least one lockable drawer. But the nice right. part about it is the brain, the control box that runs all of it is expandable up to um, five. So um, you can what have- you say the brain? Explain, explain well, to us. So- um, you know, I kind of felt a little bit like Goldilocks when I was developing this product because there are a lot of locking solutions out there that are either, yeah. you know, too stupid or too smart. So the two stupid ones, you know, the locks don't talk to one another. So if you put them in a piece of furniture, you know, you have to open and close each one individually. Um, and then the ones where you have more control, where you could, you know, operate it via an app or operate it via some other um, some other key or access point, a right. lot of those requ require continuous, you know, hardwired power mm -hmm. and they require, you know, there's something that somebody who's, you know, maybe very affluent who has maybe a collection of, you know, something that's expensive, mm -hmm. you know, it would be, that would be the level that you would need in order to be able to justify an expense like that in your home. Okay. So there really wasn't anything that was just right. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I found a lock that could potentially, I found a lock in the market that could potentially be manipulated and, you know, tweaked a little bit to do what we wanted to do. And so then I just hired a development team to develop the brain to control it. And so that team developed, you know, our app yeah. and um, the, the brain of it. So all of the furniture right that's, now- That's smooth. Yeah. Um, is battery power, just like your cell phone. Okay. So, um, it'll hold a charge Okay. and depending on how much you're going in and out of the cabinet, you may need to plug it in anywhere from once a quarter to, you know, once a year. Okay. And, um, that, 
you know, that brain is basically, it has some, you know, additional ports in it where if you want to add additional locks, if you want to order a piece of furniture from us and mm-hmm. you, you can add on locks for all the rest of it. And we'll add on those locks and send it to you with a, you know, you could get it fully locked if you want to. Mm-hmm. But, um, right now it's usually just one or two drawers. I think Geraldine comes with two drawers. Locked. Okay. Yeah. Geraldine is a beautiful piece of furniture. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is, is absolutely beautiful. Now do some of the drawers have the humidor qualities? Um, not humidor qualities. Uh-huh. So, you know, we're doing that right now through, um, you know, jars, yes. jars and, uh-huh. um, you know, we will be selling sort of those little humidor packets that you can right. to keep stuff, um, stuff fresh. moist. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, we are actually looking for, um, in order to keep the wood, you know, stable, there's a different construction method that you would use for a humidor to be introducing that kind of humidity. Got it. Okay. Tackle that out. Okay. All right. Maybe in the future, you never know. (laughs) That's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so. So tell me about the name. It's, it's funny you should ask. So um, I uh, was looking for names and one of the things that I had, you know, a bit of advice that I had gotten from someone was pick a name that's not um, English yeah. so that you can find your URL. And so I was looking at all different types of, you know, words. And so 40 is actually Latin. It's the root for fortis, which is strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mighty, strong, mm-hmm. uh, depending on, you know, if you look at it, it's the root of like fortitude, fortify. Um, so we mm-hmm. wanted something that had kind of that, you know, strong fortress. Lock, fortress. Yeah. Yep. Right. Right. And then um, as I was going through it, I was like 40. And at the time, um, back in 2018, I had turned 40. So I was like, all right, that's a sign. I'm done. <laughs> you got it. That's great. That's yeah. great. That's great. So how is it going? It's going really well. I mean, the yeah. outpouring has been, you know, incredible. Um, you know, there have been some stumbling blocks too. You know, we started our sales back in October. Mm-hmm. We um, had a couple of sales and then we got shut down uh, payment processing wise. So um, that was a scramble. One of the things that I love about the um, cannabis industry is that it's so collaborative. Uh So I actually reached out to another business owner that I had purchased something from, you know, an accessories Mm -hmm. brand. And I was like, hey, can you tell me who you're using for payment processing? And she was like, absolutely. And gave me some name. So um, that was super helpful. And, um, and I'm sure that's a whole story in itself. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, that's crazy. I read a little bit about that. That was crazy. Yes. You know, so, and I'm, I'm glad you got back on your feet. Yes. Yes. Right. And, and things are moving forward. Yeah. And so we're starting to deliver our first pieces, uh, in two weeks. Okay. Um, so we'll have some, some customer, we're going to do a photo shoot at our mm-hmm. first customer delivery, which will be fun. That's and, nice. um, yeah, it's been great. Like, well, it, you know, um, so let, let's leave it here, but tell us how you're going to promote it and how we can reach out to, uh, to really engage you and, and do you do customizable things? I mean, could we collaborate and, and you create it? 
Yeah. So one of the things that we're thinking about doing is at some point doing some kind of partnership where we, you know, mm-hmm. so we find someone, we work with them, like I'll work with them to work through the design process. Right. And, um, you know, we do a limited run. So we would end up saying, okay, we're going to produce, you know, 25 or 50 pieces, a really like limited run of, you know, a 40 by, you know, whoever collaboration mm-hmm. and, um, you know, pre-sell those pieces that way. Um, but, you know, just to promote our regular line, mm-hmm. obviously right now we're uh, on Instagram and Facebook and, okay. you know, we're starting to build out our Pinterest page um, so that people who are looking for, you know, home, you know, home lookbook things can, can save and pin our furniture to those, to their workbooks. Uh-huh. Um, and um, we're looking at some different interesting ways once we can safely be back in in person and speaking with our customers. Sure. We're looking at some interesting ways to get out, um, whether it's sort of like a traveling, you know, trunk show, so to speak, or mm-hmm. um, meeting with people where they are in dispensaries or nice. or um, yeah. clinics, things like yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot. Um, but you know, to engage with us, you can either do it on our website or on social media. Okay. What's your website? Uh, our website is www fortigoods.com f-o-r-t-i-g-o-o-d-s.com well, that's great our no, social a, media handle is um at 40 goods at 40 goods yeah, yeah at 40 goods that's awesome so sharon thank you for being here and being thank our guest so today this was wonderful no i'm glad you enjoyed it and it was really terrific learning about you and how you got to where you are at 40 goods and uh, a really cool idea and uh it's so cool. Beware the competition. Oh coming. yeah, I know it is coming. It <laughs> it's is coming. coming for sure. Competition's coming. Yeah. And uh, so look, a great time today. Sharon Kevill, she is the CEO and she is the founder of Forty Goods. Uh, please check her out. Uh, check her products out. Uh, beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Thank you. thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host. Of plant profits and plant profits are fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. Thank you all for joining us here today. You can binge through all of our episodes by going to cannabisradio.com or find us on all the major podcast platforms for sure uh, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, and many more. And then you can also take a look at Protus Global. And follow Protus Global on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of the major platforms. Learn more about how we are building companies, how we are changing people's lives at ProtusGlobal.com. That's P-R-O-T-I-S-G-L-O-B-A-L, global.com. Until next time, this is Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. 
Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.